0: We don't like to ask for help, especially those guys. You know, like we, we go to a supermarket and you're trying to find some cayenne pepper. You ain't going to go and ask the store assistant where cayenne pepper is. You can just march up and down every single aisle until you find it yourself because you want to have that sense of victory. The best thing I've ever developed that I think everybody should develop from in early in life as possible is sales. Without a doubt, communication. like If you can learn how to communicate effectively, that will return you dividends throughout your life does everybody have what it takes yes the fact that we're all here we we all run and won our very first race didn't we we reached the egg first you know so we we, we're natural winners but all of us are natural winners but somewhere along the lines we choose to stop believing and stop having that desire and start to listen to the stories and start to buy into them stories and we tell ourselves that we're not good enough That's for me what success is, knowing where you are, knowing where you want to go, and being able to spend every single day doing that. That is the best way I can summarize success. This is your world, this is your movie, you are the star, you're the lead character, and I think that unfortunately most people aren't even casting themselves as an extra in their own movie.
1: Who wants to be an entrepreneur? This isn't a quiz show, this is reality. A real-life discovery of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to a new season of podcast episodes of personal and business coaching topics and techniques around the three pillars of HEW. Health, excellence and wealth. HEW is introducing guests to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur show based on their own personal experiences. A full real-life account of trials and tribulations of what it takes.
2: Welcome to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast with your host, myself, Helen Williams. I'm actually joined this week with a a guest of ours, Mr. John Covey, who is a professional business coach, a high-performance business coach which I'm going to ask a lot more uh, information around uh, just now, John, if you don't mind. Um, But this guest interview panel is all about what it takes. So I want to know from uh, you, John, what it takes to be successful, what it takes in business, and what it takes to actually be a successful coach in the industry that we're working in. It's always fascinating to hear from other coaches Hear what they're up to and understand a little bit more on the behind-the-scenes element of it that people don't always see. People think about coaching or about motivation or about um, you know having somebody to hold your hand. But I want to know from you why
0: coaching. Okay, so so why coaching? I think that the thing is is that we all through our life have some form of coaching whether that is from parenting to school to further education and then there gets to a stage in our life when we enter and put our big boys pants on or big girls pants on and all of a sudden we're on our own we're out there on our own in the world trying to figure stuff out for ourselves that's a daunting task that's a daunting situation to be in like like no one's teaching you about how to be a parent or to be a better adult or to find that Desire inside you that makes you tick. No one's teaching you how to be the best version of you. No one's teaching you how to be the best vi- business owner. Like, like all this stuff, you've just got to try and figure out. And I think that in the UK, especially, we're very stubborn. You know, we don't we don't like to ask for help, especially us guys. Especially those guys. You know, like we, we we go to a supermarket and you're trying to find some cayenne pepper you ain't going to go and ask the store assistant where cayenne Pepper is. You're going to just march up and down every single aisle until you find it yourself because you want to have that sense of victory. And I think that, that that's the same whether we're talking about therapy, about mental health, about how to get the best email open rates or how to build your business. Like We're, we're very stubborn in that sense. Now, I think that every other profession, musicians have voice coaches, sports personalities and sports stars have Coaches that's going to encourage and drive them to be the best. Actors have acting coaches. So why is it that we don't have a coach for our area of our life? And I think that this is something that's really starting to develop over. I've seen this happen now over the last probably two years, three years, starting to accelerate. And I think that there's a a level of danger with that because all of a sudden everybody's a coach. You've got sleep coaches. You've got food coaches. You've got coaches for literally everything like coaches on how to write coaches on how to make money coaches on how to be more mindful and i think that while it's good i think there's a there's a huge risk that a lot of people are probably following bad advice and and so one of the things that i set out to do right at the very start i mean i've been doing this for as long as i can remember but one of the things i set out to do right at the start was to make sure that the, the things that i teach and 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 help people with are only things that I've done myself because I don't think that I'm in a position to teach anybody on stuff that I, I, I've not experienced and, and done myself. I, I, I laugh about this I'm a bit tongue in cheek, but I, I kind of say, you know, if you if your goal is to buy a Ferrari, you probably don't want to take advice from someone driving a Ford. You know, <laughs> and it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but there's a there's a reality behind that that often we find ourselves taking advice from people that's not qualified to give us advice, and I don't mean academically qualified I mean they've got no experience in that space and and so my plan all along why coaching is because I I want to make sure that people get advice that's tried and true
2: okay do you do do you feel as though you know you were in a position then that you you didn't necessarily have anybody that was giving you that tried and true advice or was there a gap in that aspect
0: yeah totally I suppose that like I often say that if I knew now what I knew when I first started, life would be completely different. You know, in so many ways, I'd have, I'd have reached so many goals so much quicker and so much faster as well. I, and, and so I think that there's there's always gaps and there's always places for us to improve. For me, it were we didn't have the access to the information like we've now got. Do you know, like when 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 I first kind of started getting into business twenty years ago, like tw- that's crazy, twenty years ago. But, like, like the internet wasn't really even a thing and and so we didn't have access to online courses and webinars and training programs as such. You know we had to go for the old cassettes, the Tony Robbins you know DVDs and things like that as well. And so like information was very valuable back then. Now it's in a different place where information's free. We're actually swimming in information, but starving for knowledge and And we're in a completely different space right now, and I think that for me. I'm probably grateful for that because how do we appreciate the good if we've we've never had it bad?
2: Absolutely true. And, you know, I I couldn't agree with you more on the fact that, you know, coaches of of any industry, any sector um, can only coach to the experience that they've been at. However, with everybody, and you know this from from clients, there will always be an element of the unknown, of the next level, Mm. where, you know, everybody's got to step up. You've not always had that experience that you pull upon. So, like you could have had a, a new client, for example, a larger client, a corporate client, or whatever, that you've not necessarily dealt with in that capacity before, but it's still within your experience per se that you can accommodate for that. So, on, you, know, you know, there's always that. But back to your um, Ford or Ferrari analogy, where are you on that scale then? Say that's a sliding scale from a Ford to a Ferrari. Sure. Because yep. you describe yourself as a high performance coach, where are you mm. on
0: that scale? Well, I, I don't have a Ferrari, but I could go and buy a Ferrari. That if that if that puts perspective to it, um, I I always had the goal to buy a Ferrari, and I think that the reality maybe I'm just getting I don't know maybe maybe I'm just getting a bit more sensible as I get older. But the, the thought of b- buying a car that's just not sensible to like I mean like I took a Porsche out last year and I was I, and I went through all the paperwork and. I got this in, like, I just I just thought, you know what, like, why am I even getting a Porsche? I'm six foot three. So I'm going to look at it. Yeah. I Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. So I, but I've got a Mercedes now. It does 50 to the gallon. It looks nice. It's bulletproof. Like, like I, I don't need a Ferrari no more, do you know, but like, would I like one? Yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of one more than the reality of having one.
2: So, so, what what car are you are you giving yourself on then? Are you are you saying that you you're a
0: Mercedes yourself? I've got a Mercedes now. Yeah, yeah. I know that you've
2: got yeah. one, but on the yeah. on the
0: scale, on the analogy oh, that scale. Scale. oh, Bugatti, Bugatti. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe not a Bugatti. Maybe not quite well, a Bugatti. No.
2: Joking aside, on that high performance, what does that mean?
0: So, so for me, let's just talk about coaching before I get to that. Firstly, because I think that the the problem because we've had such a an influx of people getting into the coaching space. I think there's been a lot of confusion about what coaching really is. And I think well, that, that was
2: actually one of my questions.
0: Yeah. Is, yeah.
2: Can you define for me, because this is some of the ambiguity that we're up against. Mm, yeah. Can you define for us and for the listeners what the uh, difference is between a coach, mm-hmm. a mentor, and a mm-hmm. consultant is. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And then I want your opinion over the terminology life
0: coach. Okay, cool. Okay, so so the, the difference between the three is a consultant is somebody that's got strategies and they can go away, they can create a strategy, they can use information, data, and they can create a strategy for you and consult you on how it's best to implement that. A mentor is somebody that's been there and done it, so they've got first-hand experience, they've got the T-shirt, they've probably put it through the wash several times and they're very skilled in that space. And a coach is somebody who, Will develop you, who can challenge you and push you and help you be the best version of yourself. So, so that's the the, the difference between the three, in in my opinion. Now, in terms of where life coaching fits into that, well, uh, I, I, like when I did, I did a lot of life coaching early days with with Robin Madanis, which is the Tony Robbins side of life coaching. Um, so, I, I I think it's called Core, it Core One Hundred or Core Two Hundred. I forget what it was now. And and one of the things I always remember from from that coaching, which is all about life coaching, was that you're never going to be able to take people deeper than what you've been yourself. And so life coaching is about helping people to be the best version of themselves by taking them to places that they've probably not been before, but challenging them on that and, and making them rethink the conditioning, changing the conditioning, changing the stories, and aligning them stories with the blueprint that, that they think they should be or have or do. And, and I think that there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a lot of really good life coaches out there as well that can help people do that. Now, to answer the initial question, high performance. So high performance is about going, another word for that would be deep coaching. And so what a lot of people do when they coach, they work on surface level. So they'll talk about things that's right here in the surface level right now, right here, right now. whereas for you to perform highly we need to go deep we need to find out like what's stopping you what's causing the problems what's causing the issues what's what's getting in the way because it's always you it's always you like it's never the market it's never the product it's never the customers or anything like it's always you what's in the way so what's the things that's stopping you from reaching your potential from getting that high performance and so we need to go deep. So, so high performance coaching really is about going deep.
2: Okay. Back to your live coaching then uh, description. Thank you for your uh, definitions of all, all all three, and I totally agree with you. Um, with that, you know we we share quite a lot of the same um opinions and approaches through things. However, with the live coach part of it. You're right in, in terms of, you know, going down what you said about Tony Robbins and all of the, the, the you know, that, that ultimately is essentially kind of the best in the business of an example. However, what is your opinion about life coaches that keep popping up here, there and everywhere over saying that, you know, they, they, they can help you like move forward in life when you're saying it's all, it's all predicated basically on somebody's experience level? Like that's what to me, like muddies quite a lot of the water. Yeah. What, what's your take on that?
0: I i think that again, it it's it comes in many. I suppose it ties into the for, the Ford and Ferrari situation again. Do you know? Like, if I'm going to go to a life coach to help me get unstuck, yeah. but their life's a, a a big hot mess, then like, are you really the best person to be advising me how to come unstuck? Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and I think that like. It, I, I get there's a lot of people who's a, who's incredibly passionate about what they what they're wanting to do for people, but passion doesn't always translate into the into the reality. And and so I think that there's a huge danger. Again, as I've said, is, is is a huge danger of people getting information that's that's unqualified information. Doesn't mean it's not the right information. It just means that the person's who's given it's not qualified to give it.
2: Yeah. And again, I agree with anything um, with anything in terms of you know doing your due diligence is always like the important thing to do you know do your homework on on who you want to work with and why you know what kind of experience have they had what what, how do they live their lives in terms of like you've just said if they're a hot mess one thing that you know is is red flags all over for me and frustrates me as well within within the industry if I'm honest Mm. is when people when coaches live incongruently Yes, that, You know, you should always, always be the message that you're preaching and lead by that example. And if people aren't, then they're not. And, it, it, you know, it, it does infuriate me. But in terms of, you know, if I was going for um, financial advice or I'm working with a finance broker or something, or even, in a, even an estate agent, for example, within property, I don't know if you do the same, so it's okay. So find out from them what are they investing in? Are they actually exactly. investing? You know, if somebody's telling you where to place your investments and where to place their money,
0: a hundred percent.
2: Where's their money going? Is... In the game. I don't want to know from them.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I guarantee you this: you go to any estate agent and you ask the staff how many of them own property other than the house that they live in, yeah. and I bet I bet less than eighty percent have got an investment property. I mean, that's just crazy. Like, wh- why are you even in that game? Like, it's just a job to them, and they're just order takers. Like, you're going to advise me that this is a good property to buy, and, and you'll see it all the time. Do you know? You see these advertisements that the estate agents put out saying "ideal investment opportunity." <laughs> it's like, is it? Like, how do you know? Have you got investment properties? Well, no. Well, how can you tell me it's a good one then?
2: I know. Um, if if it's a, if it's a, a, an independent agent or anything like that, you will find that the the, the MD and the boss behind that has always started out being an investor you know, yeah. you know they're ahead of the curve and, and know exactly and if you want to talk to them they're the best to talk to but yeah ordinarily if it, you know it's high street yeah. brands and things like that or yeah. you know, front of house it is just exactly that what you said it's just order takers order takers and just saying you know what have we got available? what do we need to get rid of it's, it's yeah. a supply and demand game isn't it in that respect but yeah definitely then qualifying exactly
0: the same coaches, no different and it's the same so, for everything like financially you, you just said it like like hopefully people wouldn't get take financial advice from someone who's broke yeah so, but they do you, you come into you you might inherit some money so all of a sudden you go for whatever situation you've inherited some money and your friend who's broke who's skin who's never had any money says oh if i had that i'll tell you what i'd do with it Going to go and put it into this and do this and do this and do that? It's like, well, that's why you've got no money, mate. Like, you don't know what to do here.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: why am I taking advice from you? But, and, yeah. and it's the same, like, hopefully you wouldn't take advice from your next-door neighbour about heart surgery, unless he happens to be a very competent surgeon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: It's the, it's, the, it's the advice from the guy in the pub, isn't it? Yes. They're just sat having a pint, and they can always tell you what best to do, and it's like, mm.
0: <laughs> and the, the, Yeah, yes. I, I mean, listen, and the intent... It's true, Do you know, the intent is true. that like, They're not trying to manipulate people and hurt people. They actually genuinely want to support and help people. But unfortunately, it's not always the right case. It's not always the right situation to, to find yourself
2: in. So tell me then, John, over the last sort of 20 years of you being in business and all of your experience within sales, within marketing, within coaching, what has been your biggest learning for you personally?
0: Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very challenging question. What's been... Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good question. Do you know what? Right? I, I think that, like, well, okay, now I, I know the answer. Right? Okay, the best advice that I've ever had or the, the best thing I've ever developed that I think everybody should develop from a, as a, in early in life as possible is sales. Without a doubt, communication. Like if you can learn how to communicate effectively, that will return you dividends throughout your life like the, the amount of people who like they just they, they're not scared of the word sales they won't even put that they're a sales manager they won't even put sales manager on the business card they'll put bdm or account executive like sales has got such a dirty word and i think that sales is an incredible thing to to hone in on and develop like everything that i've got everything that i've achieved is because i've learned how to sell and and i think sales is just an incredible thing Do you know it, like it just is the amount of people in business that i speak with was like oh but john that's easy for you to say, you're a salesperson. I'm not a salesperson. And I'm like, listen, dude, you're in business. You are a salesperson. Life's, life's a commission. Life is one big commission. And if you can get good at sales, you'll make more commission. Like that's, that's the way it rolls. And, and the thing is, is that they've got to, it's just the way they look at it. Like if you're in a relationship with somebody, you've sold yourself to them. If you've got a mortgage from the bank, you've sold yourself to them. If you've got a client in your business, you've sold yourself to them. Everything's Sales. And I, and, and I just think that, that if you can develop that ability to listen, probe, and then and then be able to give them a solution, but only if you can give them a solution, because if you're trying to sell them things that they don't want, that's why sales has got a bad name. That's a con artist, yeah. and that's not a sales person. So I think that that's got to be the number one thing for me that's, that's been the, the pinnacle for me in terms of development over the years.
2: So, but you've you've naturally always been in in a, a salesy environment, haven't you? That's what what you started off in. You know, that's what you continued through. That's what you promote a lot through your coaching and what have you. Now you work with businesses on their sales and marketing strategies. Um, but if nobody has been in that position before, of they've never necessarily come from a um, a sales background, but then they find themselves in business because. They've followed what they wanted to do, and they've followed the heart, or you know, they've opened up in business of whatever description. What's your key piece of advice to them there to, to get the head around into the fact that they on they are a salesperson? I agree with you. Life is life is a, is a, is a sales script, isn't it? The whole way through
0: yeah. of you selling yeah.
2: yourself to everything.
0: I've taught sales to introverts, extroverts, ambiverts. Like sales is not, and the communication is not the problem. I find that it usually falls into a few different reasons why people struggle with sales. And the first one of the, and this is not in no particular order, by the way, but one of the issues that they face with with sales is that they're scared of the rejection. So, so they don't want to talk about it and push it and sell it and ask for the date or ask for the business or ask for the money because they're scared that they're going to get rejected because. You know, we've been educated over, li- over, over, over our life that you know we want to fit in with people. We don't want to be rejected and pushed pushed away. It doesn't feel nice. But any good salesperson knows that rejection is part of the game. You know, one of the things I got taught in a, a very early stage in, in, in my kind of career was that every no brings you closer to a yes. And and so I used to get excited for the nos. I used to look for the nos because I knew if I got enough nos, there, would, there was a yes hanging around the corner waiting for me. Uh, and I think that's a hard skill initially for people to get used to but it's a muscle and once you flex it a few times it it hurts at first but then your you muscle gets stronger it repairs and, you, and you're used to it so i think rejections a main problem another issue is that they don't want to seem pushy, because again they've been told that you know don't be pushy, don't try and you know don't try and manipulate people don't try and do this don't try and do that but listen manipulation is not a bad thing like if it's done ethically like we all manipulate people in one way or another and it doesn't have to be in a negative way like let's stop telling ourselves that we're pushing and start telling ourselves we're passionate do you know like we're passionate about what we do we're passionate about wanting to support people like, like if you want to consider that as being pushy then then the, you've got the problem with it not me yeah. uh, and and so that's another issue another issue is that they don't want to see they don't want to seem like they're desperate because they have an ego you know and and if we follow anything from the great Wayne Dyer, if you're probably familiar with Wayne Dyer, he's an amazing guy. Well, he was, unfortunately. We lost him, didn't we? Five years ago. Um, but one of the things that, that Wayne Dyer talks about is ego and about how what the ego really is, is we have edged God out ego. And and so we've got this divine being and we create this ego about, about how we should be or do or have. And so when it comes to selling, we don't want to seem desperate. It's like, what if they think I'm desperate? I'm what? You are desperate. You're in business. <laughs> like, like, Do you want to make some money? Do you want to grow your business? Do you want that car, that house, that lifestyle? Like, like Tell them you're desperate. I'd be telling people that I'm desperate. Listen, I- I'm not desperate because I need it. I'm desperate because I want to get it into your business because I know how much it's going to help you. Like, I'm super desperate. And then the final one is that they don't have the belief in the product that they push in. So they don't really believe in it. Like, if And, and again, one of the things that I learned early doors in sales is that you have to be the first person who buys the product. You have to be sold on it yourself. Because if you're not sold on it, you're never going to sell it to anybody else. So you're always going to struggle to sell it to somebody else. And, and I think that once we understand them, four key principles about sales, then if you are satisfied on all four, sales is no longer an issue.
2: I like I like that, particularly the the ego style uh, description there, because it, it is like you said at the beginning, everything is down to us. You know, we are the one that's in our own way through everything. With that in mind, how much of it comes down to the person's inner confidence? Because it's not. Like they could know the product inside out, and they could be sold on that, but if they're not confident in themselves, how still can they sell that
0: well i mean like like what what is confidence? Confidence is having belief in something confidence is knowing that something's going to happen a certain way. Do you know like if you've ever put a uh, a picture up in your house and you've had to use a a drill and a wall plug no. Yeah, yeah. But the, like, like the, first time, <laughs> yeah. But the first time you use a drill, especially when you've got a masonry drill bit in it and you're having to drill in a wall, it's a little bit scary. Like you've got no confidence there because you've not done it before and you start wondering what if this drill's gonna swing round and hit me in the face? So what if it snags and it hits me and or breaks my arm and so there's no confidence there because they don't know the outcome. So what we're saying is that when you first drill into a wall, especially when you're using a masonry drill bit, bit I can't speak now, it, you're worried about it. You're worried if it snags. What if it, what if it hits you in the face or what if it, it pulls you and it twists your arm and stuff like that? You've got no confidence with it because you've never done it before. So, so confidence comes through doing. And so yeah. if people want to get good at sales, they have to get consistent before they can get good.
2: Okay, good. Like it a lot. I'm always a massive believer of, you know, we learn, we learn and we build our confidence and our belief and the fact that, you know, we are more than capable of doing something if we consistently back ourselves to do it in the first place. You know, we can't we can't achieve anything through confident being confident, being um full of our self belief and being able to deliver our products and services out there if we're not prepared to get from the starting block. Sure. And that that's obviously the the, exactly. the hardest thing for people to do, isn't it? So, you you work with a lot of um, business owners, then John, of, of all different of all different kinds and different sectors. When when um, obviously these these business owners uh, are coming to you, do you recognise in them straight away if they have got what it takes within them or not? Can you mm-hmm. have you got that ability to see, or do you think that everybody has what it takes within them?
0: That's a really good question. That is a really good question. I think that some people are naturally more... Their their DNA is just better in terms of the way that they could run businesses or build businesses. But I think that... Is it DNA? It's learnt behaviour. I think that that this learnt behaviour will dictate a lot. Like, what I'm trying to say there, I suppose, is if you've got somebody who's come from a, a privileged background you tend to find with they go into business, they don't really struggle with the financial side of business because they've always been around money. So money's not an issue for them. Where they might have an issue, though, is they might have an issue with rejection. They might have an issue with people. They might not be very good at, at communicating with people. Whereas if you've got someone who's come from a, a family with no money, where all they've heard all their life is money doesn't grow on trees, or live within your means, money's the root of all evil, if, 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 and that person is going to grow up with a mindset that money's bad. And so they'll always be bumping into a, a ceiling, a glass ceiling. Um, so I think some people will naturally have a learnt behaviour that makes them more successful naturally, mm. whereas others you need to do some deep work. You need to find out what's the issues again, what's the blockages, what's the thing that's getting in the way. Because does everybody have what it takes? Yes. The fact that we're all here, we, we all run and won our very first race didn't we we reached the egg first you know so we we, we're natural winners but all of us are natural winners but somewhere along the lines we choose to stop believing and stop having that desire and start to listen to the stories and start to buy into them stories and we tell ourselves that we're not good enough or that that's not for us It's all right for them but that's not for me um so i think that is that rec- yeah listen when you spend your time with enough people you start to recognize patterns you'll do it all the time as well i imagine like you mean like the minute i meet people i can tell you everything that about that person and within 60 seconds
2: so you think that there's an entrepreneur and a business owner capability in, in everyone
0: yeah i think i think there is i do i do with it i think there is i think that everybody's got the, the capacity and capabilities if they allow themselves to yeah
2: interesting I I, I like to think that as well. Um, I I think that some people are born naturally with more of an entrepreneurial flair and more of a drive. And back to what you said about uh, more of a privileged background or um, a non-privileged background, I'm going to play devil's advocate there and say somebody from a non-privileged background could even be more driven about money and be more hungry to go out there and hunt for it and go get it. And Somebody from a more privileged background doesn't necessarily qualify them to understand money and appreciate it better. They can just be more frivolous and not have any clue on how to manage it and invest it wisely in business either. So it's kind of, there's no definitive, I don't think.
0: Uh, There's not, but there is learnt behaviour. And again, there's there's a wonderful story that, I, f- I forget who told the story originally now, but it talked about two identical twins who lived in an abusive family where their father was a drunk. And the story followed these, these twins, and it took them into the late 30s. And when they found these twins 30 years later, one of the twins was still in the same city or town and he was uh, was very abusive, and he was a drunk. And the other one was in New York, on Wall Street, doing million-pound deals. And when they asked him, like, the drunk, like, why are you a drunk? Like, why are you abusive? And he's like, well, have you seen my dad? Like, I've got no other option. That's who I am. Whereas when they asked asked the Wall Street guy, he's like, did you see my dad? There's no way I'm ending up like that. And so that really reinforces the message that you're saying right there is that we will either use something to drive us or we'll use something to shape us into something that we, we believe we should be.
2: Absolutely. Have you read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki? Yeah, exactly
0: great book. It's a great book, isn't
2: yeah. it? Over, you know, yeah. Who are you going to be influenced by? Who are you going to listen to? Yeah. How is it going to shape your environment and shape your future?
0: Absolutely. Um, and-
2: Quite often than not, you know, like you just said, you either use it in a constructive manner or a destructive manner.
0: Mm. And and that's the thing, isn't it? Is that the reason why I paused when I was talking about the DNA? I'm I'm not so sure that we are born different; that we do have more natural abilities. I I think it's all learned behaviour. And, and let me give you some context to that. If I say like, who's 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 one of the world's greatest footballers? Like most people's going to say Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, you could argue that they are gifted naturally and that gift's been given to them through God or wherever it's come from. Or is it the fact that their parents, mainly the dad, was a diehard football fan? So from that child being born, all he's ever seen is football on the TV, his dad talking about football, his parents watching games together, or his dad's going to take him to the matches, his dad pushing him, in, and his parents, his mum as well, pushing him into football at an early age. And so there's an argument there that that's a learnt behaviour because he's put in the 10,000 hours. So Malcolm Gladwell talked about the 10,000-hour rule. He says it takes 10,000 hours for you to become an expert at anything. So you could argue that the the reason why Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo is uh, the world's greatest footballers is not because they was given by a, a gift. It'd be that They've just put in the effort. They've put in the time. they are put in the hours. And by the time they was seven or eight years old they'd clocked up way more than the ten thousand hours and all of a sudden they are the pros they are the experts because they put the effort in
2: yeah i mean again there's I, i'm with you on it but at the same time there are so many people as well that have applied and applied and applied not taking uh, uh, taking anything off the people that have, have made it and and by the way I'm nowhere near going down the route of saying they dropped unlucky because I hate that in anything when it comes to that. There is no luck to it, you know. It is a lot of kind of the application over what we said. However, there are a lot of people that apply and apply and apply and apply and apply that, that don't make it in that in that same in that same realm, do they? They don't make it to that same level.
0: Absolutely, but and and again, I'm not saying I'm 100 percent right with this. It's just my theory, you know, but. What I think what we've got to remember as well is how much effort and time do people really give something before they give up? Yeah, yeah. and do you know? So ten thousand hours is a long time. Like just to put that into some kind of context, and you might need to check my maths on this after, but to put that into some kind of uh, context for you, if you worked out eight hours a day every day, it would take you ten hours, ten years, ten years to amass. 10,000 hours. Yeah. Who, who do you know who grinds for eight hours a day, seven days a week for 10 years, who's not successful?
2: It, it doesn't happen. And you're right. People do give up. You know, people don't even work eight hours a day in full application or seven days a week in full application. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to even spread that time further. Exactly. But that's the thing. People aren't willing to do what it takes yeah. so I guess going back to what you said about we all have the same blank canvas
0: it's how we choose to use it
2: yeah it's definitely how we choose to use it and how we how adamant we are you know one of the questions that um I ask clients when they sit down with anybody here at HEW is the fact of how long are you prepared to work for to achieve mm. the goal that you have just said that you want not mm. Because people expect it just to come like that.
0: Exactly, exactly. And yeah. they
2: think that things such as social media and such as like online presence and things like that is just going to fast track them and, you know, they're going to get discovered and somebody's like going right, to, yeah. you know, sweep them yeah. away and, and be the answer to all of their questions for the contracts that they've been looking at landing and things like that. And it's like, eliminate all of those. They're all powerful tools that you need in your, in your toolkit but eliminate all of that like dreamland around it of that you're going to become an overnight influencer and you're going to become an overnight household name. It's just not going to happen no. unless no. you're prepared to keep on chipping away. Keep on
0: going. Keep on yeah. going. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the thing. You, you look at anyone who's seemingly an overnight success, and I guarantee everybody that you can find who's seemingly an overnight success have got probably 10 to 15 years of, of work behind them that's got on there. So, yes, they were an overnight success, but it took them 15 years to get there. Yeah,
2: yeah. And a, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and behind-the-scenes work that, you know, people yeah. don't always appreciate. Yeah. So, success then.
0: I'm glad you've asked this question.
2: Yeah, what is it? Like, What is it to, what is it to you and how do you define it within your business structure and how do you work with your clients on managing their desire for success?
0: Do you, do, you know, do you know what, Ellen, right? you know, in, in the early days, I was very impressionable. So up until being 20 years old, I was I, I, I wanted to have a big mansion with a fleet of cars, living a lifestyle like P. Diddy. <laughs> because I thought that's what success was. <laughs> do you know? And and I thought that was what it was about. And then, and then what I did, I started reading books. So then I found a book and it said... Goal setting, the key to success. I'm like, brilliant, I've got to have this book. So I, I finished that book. And then the next book was, do you know, Meditation, the key to success. So I'm like, I'll reading that book. And then I'd get the next book and it'd be, do you know, personal development, the key to success. Time management, the key to success. Sales, the key to success. And there's all these books talking about key to success. And it actually only when I realized that, do you know what I consider the key to success? And what success is. For me, success is having an idea of what you want to do for the rest of your life and spending every single day working towards it. That is how I define success. Like, if I want to help and support people and live a modest lifestyle off the back of it, and, and uh, well, a lux- luxurious lifestyle off the back of it, but not a PDD lifestyle. No, that's, that's, that's not for me. Maybe it's for him, but it's not for me. That's, for me, what success is, though, is knowing where you are, knowing where you want to go and being able to spend every single day doing that. That is, is the best way I can summarize success. And so when it comes to the clients that I work with, I have a, we talked about this before. I have a framework for pretty much everything uh, because I think we need frameworks because otherwise we'll just drift, especially if we are a red personality type because we like action. So we'll just be like, Ooh, shiner, squirrel. And, and and we're just like, distracted so easily. So the very first question in my framework, the very first question is, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And then what we look to do is we look to build certainty around what it is that you want first. So I, I break it into four sections. And so for us to be able to get behind something is we look at the potential. So what's like this is what we want. What's the potential? Then we've got to get really dialed into that because if we don't, find ourselves dialed into the potential when it comes to taking action which is the next section well if you're not certain about something what what kind of action do we take well we take very little action if any because we're not certain if it's going to work or not and then when you take little or no action the next box is a result so if you take little or no action what kind of result are we going to get we're going to get a little or no result and then the final box is belief so if you take little or no action, and you get little or no result, what's that going to do to our belief system? It's going to tell us oh, this is this is this is a lot of shit. It's not going to work. Yeah. So when it comes to the potential again, you're thinking I've oh, had it, and then you look for the next shiny object to 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 focus in on again. So it has to basically you, these blocks have to come together and forge certainty, certainty that sits across the top of it. And actually, there's a very easy way of doing that. The easiest way to do that is to find somebody who's already done it. Do you know, as as Jim Rowan said, success leaves clues. Now we don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you can find somebody that's done the things that you want to do, they're the most qualified and best person to speak to, especially if they've achieved it themselves.
2: I like the sound of that framework. It, it sounds very similar to um, to what we use here of um, the process model, and it sounds as though you can pick up on any of those quadrants because you know you started off with the potential going into the action results then belief, mm-hmm. but then everybody, in my opinion, has got potential. But if the beliefs are going to hold them back, we need to start there. Yeah, is
0: it? Or well, it, it, the the way that we are wired as human beings actually, it it goes in reverse. It actually works the other way around because if we don't have belief, well, this is through science, by the way. Like science has taught us that you know, show me and I'll believe in it.
2: Yeah.
0: Whereas faith says, believe and I'll show you. And, and so what we need is we need belief that it's going to happen. So if we if, if we look and go back the other way around, so we say about, okay, I believe this really happens. You know, I've earned a 100 grand before. I believe I can do it again. I've earned a million pounds before. I believe I can do it again. Yeah. So when it comes to the result, well, we've already achieved it. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We've tasted it. So when it comes to action, it's like, well, I know what to do. Yeah. So I look at the potential and think, ooh, what if I can do more?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so actually we work the other way around. But the correct way is... That's, is, is to go around the way that we talked about yeah.
2: yeah yeah brilliant okay cool in the quest for success for everyone and everybody who you work for and yourself personally this is a this is of interest to me to to find out how you value this point mm. is health where do you where do you place that within your within your own personal um opinions and within your business structure and within like the overall framework for success?
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, I think the the problem is that we all believe that we're going to live forever. You know, we, we feel like we're invincible and that we're not going to get old and we're not going to die and things are going to keep on going and things are going to keep on working. And we have this belief that we are invincible and it takes sometimes a, a, a huge occurrence for us to realise actually that's not true. And I think that for me, I, I I think two real powerful questions, and I don't ask it to all the clients, but I ask it to some. Um, oh, sorry, I inform them of them. I think there's two really powerful questions. And the first question is, well, not even a question, it's a statement rather. The first statement is that you do realise that eventually you're going to die. That's not like guessing. That's factual. Have you actually come to terms with it that there's going to be one day that you're no longer here? Now, that might be in 80 years' time. It might be in 100 years' time. You might be fortunate to go over 100. Who knows? But unfortunately, there's going to come a time when you're no longer here. That's a powerful statement in itself. What makes it even more powerful is that we don't know when it's going to happen. So if you know that it's going to happen and you don't know when, then you need to start making sure that you're doing things that you want to do right now. Like, stop waiting. And if... You want that to be done to your best ability and live life to the max, then your health's got to be on point as well. Do you know, so so like health's super important. It should be the number one thing. Like like, but it's not for a lot of people nah. because what they'll do is they'll get obsessed about wanting to make make the money or get the lifestyle, and they have this belief that well actually I'll fix everything else after. Do you know, once that's done and when I've made it, then I'll fix the rest. And then what they'll find is that they spend all the money and time that they've they've now got, spending it trying to get back what they had, and so it's it's a null void game, isn't it? It's just null point. So like health's got to be a, a major a major thing that you put a lot of attention and focus on, e- even if you don't enjoy the fitness side of it, even if you don't enjoy the gym. You know, you've got to. You've got to do something. I mean, I, the amount of people I see, who I know as well, they'll feed their dog better food than they feed themselves. They'll take better care of their car than they do of themselves. It's just a priority issue that's just out, and, and they'll wait until it becomes pain, painful enough to do something about it.
2: But, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning about when pe- when people are looking at, you know, how they can build their own success Mm. and you know what we do to kind of pick up on other people's habits and the environment that we're in Mm -hmm. you know yourself from successful people that you mirror that you watch that you take guidance from and and advice from they prioritize themselves and their health into their routine first
0: yeah
2: that's not an accident that they're all doing that There is no accident for that, that, you know, when people are looking for the secret source for me, that has to come into it of, you know, having more self-worth over you and what you have to bring towards your goals. Because without doing the equation, there is no freaking goal. There is no wealth. There is no success. There is no whatever, like, dream and vision that you've got for your business without you. You
0: know know what there is at the end of it? Success. That's what happens. Success. It's success. It's sick Yeah. That's what happens, is that you're sick, you're broken, and some things can't be fixed. Yeah. It's not like Photoshop. We could just edit it out.
2: I wanted to ask you about that, John, um, specifically because, like I said, you know, it, it, it's the first pillar of HEW is health, and you know, we do things the opposite way around. People come with a business goal and with a with a, a profit goal and a, a income uh, increase goal and everything else, but we actually reverse we reverse it into like the the first aspect of looking after themselves and getting themselves right so that they're transferring into the business. You know, that's where that's where for me a lot of business owners seem to miss out on. And, you know, they, 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 they it may be that ego thing again that you mentioned, you know, where they'd rather go for something that looks a lot more satisfying and shiny penny and literal pennies than, than themselves. Mm. And a lot of business owners, when they talk about kind of, you know, the fitness being fit in the business and being um, agile in the business and having a healthy PL and and everything else. But they are the most unfit, unhealthy, and, like, yeah. basically just a ticking time bomb. I just find that a little bit, for me, incongruent.
0: 100%. And I think that, I mean, the thing is, is that it's, it's that pain versus pleasure, isn't it? Do you know, like, we, we know that pain is a much bigger driver than pleasure is.
2: Yeah.
0: So at the minute, in their life, things are pleasurable. And because there's no pain associated to it, there's no driver for them to change. So whether it's the burgers that they're eating every day, whether it's the junk food, whether it's the bad habits, or whatever it is, it's not causing enough pain for them to make a change right now. Mm. But then what happens in 10 years' time, or 15 years' time, or 20 years' time, all of a sudden, the type 2 they have type two diabetes and it's woe is me, Do you know, life's unfair. Like It's like, no, you've had 20 years of eating too many burgers and too much crisps and chocolate. And now you're paying, the, and now there's pain. And now you have to make a change because you've been forced to make yeah. a change. Yeah. And I think that it, again, it comes back to that, that mindset that we are invincible. Do you know, like, like it's not going to happen to me though. That won't happen to me. It might happen to them, not me.
2: Yeah, or, or just purely lacking that responsibility through being ignorant
0: to it. well, yeah, yeah I mean ig- ignorance I, I, I like the word ignorant by the way. I think you do. oh, I love the word ignorant. I think <laughs> that ignorance is such an interesting word because if you actually look in the dictionary what English what ignorant means, it just means a lack of information, but we use it so negatively. We use it so negatively and and I think that I- ignorance is wonderful. I'm massively ignorant to a lot of things. You know, like and I think that a lot of this comes from school. I think that school tries to make you mediocre at a lot of things. Um, but but I'm ignorant towards a lot of things. I'm ignorant about my car. I don't know how to service the car myself. I'd take it to a garage. You no, know, I'm ignorant about a lot of things. And and I think that the idea is that what we really want to do is we want to develop our strengths and manage our weaknesses. And if you get really good at developing your strengths, you can pay other people to manage your weaknesses. And, and so I think ignorance is, I love the word ignorant. I think it's so, so insightful. It's such a powerful word. And I think that once you understand that ignorance is not about being rude or naive, it's, it's about just not having the information. I love it. I think it's a great word.
2: Well, t- we'll taking that word then out of what I've just said, because people do have the information on the health. So it is the fact that they're shirking responsibility.
0: Of course. So maybe that's just, maybe you just call them idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Idiots. Just being an idiot. Yeah, yeah.
2: Idiots. Totally doing the wrong thing. And, you know, success will break you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just being an idiot, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving
2: on then. Um, What holds people back?
0: Beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Stories that they've told, stories that they told themselves. yeah. Yeah, purely
2: on purely on conditioning
0: then, and, o- Always always and- unconditioned. Yeah, yeah, everything. I mean, like we are we we are a walking, living, breathing seven year old version of ourselves. So, like that's all we are. We're kids, and and I think that a lot of the time we've we've not gone through that ritual where the child's transformed into an adult. Do you know, we are. I mean, you only have to look at some of the responses people. generally you know, look, you go online and look at some of the stuff people are saying. Do you know that's not an adult responding; it's a child. But they're walking around in a 30, 40 year old sleeve.
2: Yeah. Well, so what's the most common limiting belief then that you come up against?
0: Um, other people's opinions every time, petrified what other people are going to think. Do you know, and and every, every I mean, I, I you've been through it, I've been through it. Do you know, we none of us are, We're not bulletproof to this. We're humans at the end of the day. We're fallible human beings, and we all have these stories that we've chosen to to dial into over years as well and you know we all do it it happens to all of us the best of us go through this Uh, but uh, it's the biggest thing ever that just gets in the way what are they going to think about me what are they going to say about me it holds so many people back being judged
2: so uh, uh, like you said none of us are none of us are immune to that and you know it's probably something that happened in the playground even that then we that we have then just carried around with us as negative baggage for years and years and years until we, you know, we are prepared to let go of it and say, you're not serving me anymore and you're actually stopping me from doing exactly what I want to do and who I want to be and what I want to achieve. And until that point, you know, and again, it's the responsibility, isn't it? We've got to take responsibility for that because even though other people's opinions have, have um, like come our way... Sure we've been um exposed to them, we've chosen to hang on to them and believe oh, them.
0: Almost. Yes, exactly. Like,
2: yeah. I, I choose not to believe in Father Christmas. What? Even if, if,
0: oh what? sorry, I just let the cat out <laughs> 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 What do you mean? What? Ooh, moving on. <laughs> oh, moving on. <laughs> Helen's trying to trick me.
2: Yeah, sorry. Like uh, that was a close one. Um so John, tell us then, what's what's been your success? Like what's been your what's been your secret behind like either if it's been letting go of people's opinions or you know you said about your big learning earlier what's been your what's been your secret of success
0: yeah personal development just learning like becoming more and more self aware every day you're learning like what the way that you think the way that you act the things that you do what stops you just developing you personally developing yourself it's just, it's remarkable to, to, to know that you are in control. Like this, this, this is your world. This is like, this is your movie. You are the star. You're the lead character and you're in control and you're writing the book. Do you know? And I think that unfortunately most people aren't even casting themselves as an extra in their own movie. Do you know? They're, they're not even taking on a side part. They're, they're putting themselves in the background because... They've just not developed themselves. I think that for me, it's it's all, it's just, learn. I love, I'm a, I'm a sponge. I just soak it up. And then I, and, and I think the biggest difference for me in terms of if you want to define where the success side comes from is that I actually apply it. So rather than just absorb, 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 I, I mean, you know people like this, I'm sure, who, you ask them if they've read a book, yeah, I've read it. What about that book? Yeah, I've read it. Some people read books just to be able to brag that they've read a book. So it's like, well, what have you learned from it? Well, I don't know. Like, like, what have you applied? Well, nothing. So it's not it's not self-development, it's shelf development, then just sat there on your shelf collecting dust. So for myself. It's it's, it's, it's been...
2: Reading. Read it. I ban some of my clients from reading. Because if that's all they're gonna do is read and not apply, then yeah. stop reading. Stop.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Apply yeah. some of the principles of what you've learned apply some of the principles that you've got the intention behind. If not, it's a waste of time. Like, you just Absolutely. fill your head up and it's getting confused.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's two things that I've I found works really well with, with books. So these are, these, are, these are the two things that I do, and I encourage as many people as possible to do the same. If you're reading a book and you're a quarter of the way into the book, for example, and that book's talking about something that really resonates with you, then put the book down, don't read any more and go and apply it and go and put it into action. And don't even pick up that book and finish it until you've applied this thing that resonates with you. The amount of books that I've started that I've never finished, because I'm still developing some of the systems it's told me to. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep on trying it and I'll perfect it and I'll get the bugs out and I'll, 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 I'll stick with it until I get it working how I want it to work. And that book I'll never go back to. Sometimes I might, I might never, ever go back to that book. Yeah. But – I think that that's a good thing to do. Is I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that, that nugget. Any book that I read, I'm looking for that nugget of information that I can go and apply, and I can see a result from. Yeah. Because otherwise, what, what's the point? Yeah. And then the second thing I'd say is if you, there's a lot of influencer, influential people right now, gurus online. The world's saturated with online gurus right now. Gurus and life coaches. <laughs> <laughs> life coaches, Yeah. I, I, the thing that's quite interesting is is that we had the cycle of this about seven, eight years ago where everyone was social media experts. I think, that, I think them social media experts are all life coaches now, but I don't know if that's the case. But the second thing I would say is because there's so many people online, there's a lot of really good information, by the way, as well. But if you're jumping from one person to the next, 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 you're going to get confused. You're going to get massively confused because you've got one person who's telling you that you need to operate at 10x levels. You've got someone who's telling you that you can work just four hours a week and be successful, and someone else telling you that you've got to hustle and grind 24 seven. You know, 24 seven, and it's like I don't know what to do. Like I'm just confused. So, pick to one person or two at the most. And study them, and I mean, really study them. Don't just read it. I mean, study what they've done, and study the methods, and study the styles, and you know, really model yourself on 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 their behaviour and the things that they do.
2: Yes, I mean that's 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 a good call because you know, a lot of people are reading books for the sake of reading books, and I think with personal development, particularly like you said. Get one thing from it. Go away and apply it. You might never even pick it up again because, yeah. from my opinion as well, for a personal development book, you're not you're not necessarily meant to read it cover to cover. It's not a novel where it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and that they all live happily ever after. Like it's a learning tool. It's not a story. It's a no, learning right. tool for you to take away from. So it doesn't have to be done cover to cover. It's a principle. If you get if you get the principle principle from it, or one key learning, that that's going to massively change. And you're yeah. right in terms of the confusion because, it, yeah, there's so many different messages and principles out there, and some are right, and some aren't, and some will work for you, and some won't. And it's about knowing what is going to best work for you and what you need for you. Because some people need the kick up the arse to do the 10x element of things, and some people actually need to take a step backwards because they're going to be themselves. Like it's a case of, you know, understanding you, which is the personal element of the development. If you don't understand you first, you can't even start putting on all of these development um, layers. So it's like it's delving back into who you are.
0: Absolutely. And 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 the way that I always describe it is like, go and look in a mirror.
2: Yeah.
0: And go and really stare at yourself in the mirror. Now that reflection is not going to change. The, like no matter how much you will it, no matter how many good stories and motivational stories you tell, that 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 reflection, it ain't going to change. The only way that reflection will change is if you change. And that's exactly what's happening with all these books is they're looking at a mirror and they're reading these books thinking that just reading the book is going to make that that reflection change. And it's like, no, we have to go inside. You know, We have to go inside and change from within if we want to see an outside change. And I think that's the biggest problem that so many people fail to understand with personal development is they try and change what's happening around them rather than changing what's going on inside them. And And that's where it really happens.
2: Do you know when you look in the mirror, John, just smile. Yeah.
0: All the time, I'm a smiley guy. I, I'm always smiling. Yeah,
2: I do. People think that I'm bonkers, and I'm like, "Why
0: would you not smile at yourself? I like what I exactly. see." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, and 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 I think there's a some people. I'm not talking about being like conceited with yourself, you know, like, but you've got to fall in love with yourself. Yeah, you've got to fall in love with yourself. You've got to be happy with with what you see and fall in love with it. I want to like kiss every part of me. You know, I, I love everything <laughs> I see about myself. <laughs> and again i don't mean that in a... <laughs> but, you know, i'm not saying that again in a conceited way you know it's, it's that i'm just completely no, I, happy with
2: yeah yeah i get i get that i just i wanted to ask that question because people think i'm crazy and if i say that to people <laughs> in terms of like s- s- smile at yourself next time and I've had so many people message me afterwards, even if it's like on a little, particularly on the Virgin trains. It says about um, flash yourself a smile or something on their toilet mirrors.
0: Great. Really, yeah, I love it.
2: And, I, and I've had messages back to me saying, I, "I've tried it. I did feel a bit funny, But it's like, oh, how many years and how many times you look in, in the mirror, and but you're not you're not giving yourself that smile. No. And a smile, it's, can, it's so powerful. Changes,
0: oh, it changes everything. There's a really good thing that you can do. Like, you know yourself, when you smile, you feel better. You you can't feel angry and smile at the same time. You just can't do it. You try and smile and try and feel angry, and it's impossible. It's it's literally physically impossible to feel depressed and sad and angry when you're smiling. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. So if you're finding yourself going through a situation where you are feeling a little bit down, because, listen, again, we're we fallible human beings. We have knockbacks and setbacks and things that get in the way and. Peevers off and annoyers and things like that as well, which will dampen our mood because we allow it to. So, there's a really good technique that you can do. If you get a pen, put your pen in your mouth.
2: I can't believe i have recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Look what, doing, look what it's doing to your mouth.
2: It I always cry anyway. I don't need a pen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if you put a pen in your mouth, it makes you smile. Yeah. And, and we already know that you can't feel sad or depressed when you're smiling. Can't do it. The emotional chemicals just don't allow it to happen. So if you feel like it's challenging, you feel like times are hard, put a pen in your mouth and you'll smile. Put a
2: pen in your mouth and that's it. Life changed forever. So the that's pen is always nugget. mightier than the sword. That's the, that's the golden nugget that we've been waiting for.
0: <laughs> the it pen is pen. mightier than the sword. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good stuff. Just a final question then, seeing as we've covered off everything from, um, wow, where do we start? 20 years experience, DNA, entrepreneurial spirit, Ferraris, Ford Fiestas, self-limiting beliefs, the frameworks that you use through the business, other people's opinions being the main Mm -hmm. uh, element of holding people back, personal development, and the importance of all of that, the difference between coaches, mentors, consultants, and what we think and believe about life coaches and experience. We've done a lot. How, how do we wrap all of that up? I've got one question for you, John. Mm. Where are you going next?
0: Where am I going next? That's a great question. So for, for me, like what I was doing, I started it last year. Um, so so last year I started a academy called i called it originally in fact no it wasn't last year it was december the year before and that was the very first event that i did of this kind and i called it initially i called it the jc effect and there's a the reason why i called it the jc effect was that when i'm working with clients and they start to get the transformations people start to notice and what happened was is a lot of this and this was all coined by clients i had not I had no influence in this whatsoever. So when they're starting to do well, people are saying to them, like, what is it you're doing? Like, what's changed? And they'll say, I've got the JC effect. And so I just thought, do you know what? That's a cool name. Sounds a little bit egotistical, but I'm I'm, I'm not going to worry too much about what people think about it. So I like let's just go with it. And so I started in December 2018. And then August last year, I rebranded it to Thrive. So I call it Thrive. And so it's basically, it's a monthly workshop where we've got upwards of 40 businesses coming at, 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 um, on a month-to-month basis, and we talk about strategies that they can use in their business that's going to help them to, to grow. And the real reason that I started that was that i have been around the block a few times, and the amount of people that I, I've seen in business who's no longer in business or are very fortunate enough to still be in business, but they've not grown. You know, they're still flying solo. Making just enough money to cover costs, but they've not grown in twenty years, is it's devastating to see. Do you know, it's devastating. So the whole idea was like, I want to change that. I want to inspire people to know that they can grow their business. They can have a lifestyle. They don't have to be a slave to that business because at the minute they've, they've got a badly paying hobby. So I, I started thrive, and then we've transitioned it online. Fortunately, just before all this lockdown started to happen, so I've got a, an online academy as well where the the lessons we wouldn't on, on like at the minute like everyone is online but there's also an academy that they can subscribe to as well. So what's next really is to continue to develop that at the minute. you know I want to I want to keep on supporting businesses um, I want to keep on helping them to get out of their own way uh, to to really develop them and and grow them as well. So that's what's next really for me right now.
2: The Jersey effect. Fabulous. The
0: Jersey effect, yeah. Just now now call, thrive.
2: Now thrive.
0: Yeah yeah
2: okay cool just let everybody here learn and establish where they can find you how can they connect of
0: with course. you uh so if you go to i mean my website so you go to johncovey.com um uh, john without the h just j-o-n um socially i i'm everywhere like facebook twitter linkedin instagram pinterest youtube like snapchat tiktok <laughs> like i'm everywhere like have a look uh, I, I have a i do a lot of content it's it's always a mixture of um inspiring educational connecting there's there's lots of different content some of it's cool some of it not you might see me with my breakfast some of it's got my breakfast on there so you'll see some of the food that i eat one one's playing the guitar and i'm like not up there i don't play that high but you know yeah it's cool
2: there's
0: some selfies where he's sat with his pen in his mouth sometimes yeah it's like Yeah, chew with with the caps all chewed.
2: I <laughs> know we break the pen, the things off.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. What I, that, like, I tend to do that first. I'll chew it first, and then it gets to a stage, and I'll bend I'll, I'll it off, and then I'll start on the next pen. There we go, another one. Hey,
2: absolutely, i always got to have pens. <laughs> Beautiful, John. Thank you so so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Wonderful, uh, wonderful. Lots of insight, lots of experience um and and really sort of told our listeners as well you know how you work how you operate what you've come up against and basically summed it up for us of what it takes to be successful in the framework of what you think success is to you
1: brilliant thank you thank you for listening to the hew podcast for continued support please subscribe using itunes stitcher spotify google play or soundcloud And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review on your download platform. Tune in for more value and more content the same time next week.